and welcome to the Let's Do It podcast. Hello, I'm Anne Glover, your host today, and this is the Let's Do It podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Each episode has something interesting to do with birth, babies, pregnancies, and doula life here in Northern Ireland. So listen in to hear what our various guests have to chat about. And you can please subscribe now so you don't miss out on any interesting topics. It's free. Sure, you know you want to. Go on. Yeah. So welcome, listeners, to this episode of Let's Do It. And I know you're all really going to enjoy listening to today's guest, Claire O'Neill. I'm very excited to welcome Claire as I've invited her along today to chat about her own personal experience of home birthing here in Northern Ireland. So welcome, Claire, to Let's Do It. Thank you very much, Great to have you here today. So do you want to just um, start by telling the listeners just a wee bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So uh, my background is that I am an actuary. I advise companies on their pension schemes and their employee benefits packages, um, particularly looking at financial well-being. And so the world of home birthing and doing and everything to do with that is a million miles away from, from my day job and has uh, taken me by surprise and everyone else around me by just how passionate I am about all that. Um, I am a mum of two. So I've got Ruben, who will be four in July, and Oshin, who has turned two this week. And I've got a third one on the way in August. Oh, massive congratulations, Clara. That's just so lovely. And happy birthday to Oshin. Deserves that if it's this week, isn't it? So I asked Claire to come along in this episode, as I said, to share her personal experience of birthing her babies at home, including your first baby. Isn't that right, Claire? But yeah, um, including my first. Including your first, which yeah, is always a big question mark sometimes. But anyway, before we get into that, just let's have a wee chat first about how we know each other, because I just didn't like pull you out of a direct or anything. <laughs> so I met you, Claire, when you were doing <laughs> the Developing Doula's um, training course a few years back. Yeah. So do you want to just yeah. tell the listeners a wee bit about why you decided to do that course? Yeah, so that um, probably follows from a whole lot of my own experiences around home birth and hypnobirthing in particular, and feeling quite passionate about, I suppose, the experiences that happen to me and that I see happen to other women and my friends. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to explore that route a little bit further because I find myself in a position of giving other people support quite regularly. And I wanted to formalize it in a way, you know, in case there was anything I was missing or should be should be thinking about it in a different way. And that's how I, I fell into the world of doing doing the doula courses. Whether or not I actually become a doula, we'll we'll see how that works out at the minute. At the minute, trying to balance having two young children and um, a full-time job and <laughs> everything that comes with life at the minute, I haven't been able to figure out how to actually um, put that into place, but I'm, I'm, I know it will be in my future. I just haven't figured that bit out yet. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the wonderful things about doing the doula course. I remember when I did mine 
what, almost seven years ago, I just came away thinking, you know, everybody should know what we were taught on that Dilla course. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Whether you're a man or a woman, anything, you know, you mm-hmm. just know that information. It's just so invaluable, like to society as a whole. Great. Yeah. So anyway, so exciting like to hear your story of your first baby <laughs> born at home. How did you get to that stage? What how did you decide even to have a home birth? So what happened was um I had a 16-week appointment at the hospital in Antrim and I drove there, got to the car park and I had a panic attack in the car park. I am not a fan of hospitals or medical environments at all but you know can cope and put myself through it but sitting in that car park I had a real oh I don't know how I'm ever going to do this I'm just here for an appointment and it's having this effect on me. How could I ever have my baby at a hospital knowing that I needed oxytocin flowing, I needed to feel loved and safe and secure, etc. And I just couldn't get my head around how I could ever feel that way in a hospital. So I went, I went on into the appointment, um, was I find it really difficult. I was sitting in the waiting area. I couldn't speak um, because I knew I would just really burst into tears if I if I started to talk. And thankfully, there was a lovely midwife who who was very kind to me and got me through it. Um, but I also at the time met a uh, consultant who said to me, "Well, everything's fine. What have you got to be anxious about?" And that was without me having said anything because I couldn't speak because <laughs> I was too anxious to even speak. And I came out of that whole experience and thought, well, this is it. I'm going to have to take some drastic action because I, I can't have a baby in a hospital. Um, and I know that that is not a feeling that a lot of people experience, but it was really quite clear to me. And I went away and started looking into hypnobirthing. And from reading everything about hypnobirthing I became more and more fixated on the idea of exploring a home birth. The problem of course is whenever I looked up the statistics for home births in Northern Ireland and in particular for first-time mothers having home births in Northern Ireland they were pretty non-existent and I spent a few weeks thinking about this myself and also talking to some clients and colleagues that I had in England, ones who had either planned a home birth or who had actually had a home birth. And that gave me quite a lot of confidence that on the life I could do this. It's, it's just whether it can be done in Northern Ireland. And I broached the subject with James, my husband. I, I made it, um, I'm, I didn't intend on making it to be quite such a big deal, but I sat and down with it. I need to talk to you about something. And he thought I was going to break up with him and didn't oh. realise was, was uh, that I was thinking of having a home birth. So when I said that, he was like, oh, great, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Hilarious. So he, he was on board, you know, from, from the very start. And we were doing that programme called Getting Ready for Baby. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, And it's a great programme that introduces you to other local 
you know, parents going through the same journey as you and you're all having your babies at the same time. And now, you know, four years later, I'm still really close to, to that group. But there was a lovely midwife, Anne Mulholland, who started one of the classes by saying, I'm really sorry, I've got to keep my phone on loud because I'm on call for a home birth. And I looked to James and had a real, this is it moment, right, this is my chance. So I hadn't been brave enough at the earlier, you know, for these classes, you had your appointment first and then you had the actual class. And I chickened out of saying it earlier. But then when when she mentioned it, I thought this is my chance. And after that class, I approached her and she didn't say no. (laughs) So that was that was the biggest relief she wasn't you know jumping up and down definitely she was very calm about it um but took me seriously and then that became the start of my journey of well yes I I am going to have a home birth first time mum or not oh that is amazing you know and see whenever you're saying that about um Mulholland being there I got goosebumps because that just took me straight back to home birth I was at with Anne yeah I'm just wondering, was that the one that she was on call for you? <laughs> we'll never know now. That's... We'll never know. I'm hopeful. So the last two times she hasn't made it out whenever I've given birth. So this time I'm like, third time lucky. I might actually get her there on the day. Let's see. It's amazing. Like you couldn't have wanted like for a better midwife, you know, to, to talk to, for, you know, about your plans for a first time home yeah. Amazing. She's... Yeah, she's great. Okay, so... You had James behind you and you've got Anna yeah. Holland behind you. So what about um, like other friends and family? Did you tell them you were having a home birth or you were planning That's a home a birth? That's a great question, Anne. <laughs> did, did I tell them? Do I recommend other people yeah. tell them? Yeah, this is a big um, question. It is a really big question. And uh, generally my answer is no. Um, but that is because of people's instant reaction tell them that you're going to have a home birth and they think you've you've lost the plot um with my mum it was only that she said that she trusted that I am a very sensible intelligent person and that I wouldn't be entering into this unless I knew what I was doing whereas um most other people had a real shocked reaction and I kept so much of it to myself so I didn't tell outside of you know, my mum and my sisters, we didn't even, we didn't even tell James's family. Um, that obviously differed completely second time around. But first time, I really felt that I needed to go through it first mm-hmm. and then be able to talk about it. It's, it's hard enough convincing yourself that it's the right decision. And I am I'm quite a confident person. I knew that this was best for me. I'd researched everything I possibly could about home birth and I knew it would be the right decision for me. But having other people question that definitely can, can knock you off. Like my, I had um, my mum's friends. It was a, a night out maybe two months before I was due to give birth who cornered me and said, you know, I heard you were going to have a home birth and don't do it and then listed all of the things that had gone wrong in their births and and why I shouldn't be doing it and I I could just listen to them because I knew where they were coming from one had had a very, very premature baby one had, had a baby born with a disability 
they were they were in a totally different headspace than where I was thinking about my first baby and of course if my baby was going to be born premature I would run straight to a hospital regardless of how I felt but they were coming from it in a different way um so I I really didn't tell that many people because I quickly learned you you don't you don't tell them went to my aunt's hen party three weeks before giving birth and all of my aunts of which there were you know seven in the room started telling me about their horrific experiences and just (laughs) nodded and was was fine I could let it all wash over me because I I know people just want to talk about what's happened to them and they don't necessarily think about the impact that has on the people listening to it so um as you can imagine I didn't tell them that I was planning to have a home birth and instead waited until Reuben was born and then told them brilliant I bet you made a few jaws drop <laughs> I definitely did yeah you know I think that's really something that we as women have to get better at in society is saying a bump is not an excuse for others to um, portray their own birthing experiences you know, know it's something that we love it, doing isn't it yeah. we do love doing it but it makes me feel so sad because most people most women don't have that opportunity to have mm. really talked about it and every woman carries those stories about their own birthing experience and every woman needs to be able to talk to it we're just not in a place as a society where we've got avenues that you can you know properly discuss those things talk about whatever trauma happened to you or about your great experiences etc and and this is the greater experiences that we don't hear so often about this is one of the reasons why I asked you to come on to the podcast (laughs) because um we generally on the way if you've done the hypnobirthing as well we know that our our brains are set up like to remember the horror stories and the not so pleasant ones and we can get very easily bored um looking at lovely what well, I can't but in general some people can get bored at looking lovely serene calm gentle births you know and they're just not really accepted in our minds so that's the way it's supposed to be but um hopefully it will we will change that perspective eventually as home birth becomes more and more popular let's hope so I hope so yeah absolutely I think COVID uh, is one of the sort of things that's fallen out of the pandemic as there has been a slight increase in home births probably not yeah. for the best reasons but there has been a slight increase but um and I'm talking about here in Northern Ireland um and we know there's been some home birth teams set up as well yeah. which yeah there's pros and cons for that I suppose all about women's choices um, but um, back to your birthing experiences, because otherwise we'll go on to something else and we'll not hear your lovely stories. So tell us a wee bit then about um, Robin's birth, yeah? Yeah, um, generally, um, whenever somebody asks me about my uh, birthing experiences, I send them to the blog that I wrote at the time, <laughs> um, because... I wrote quite detailed birth stories for, for both of my babies and I tend not to do them justice when I just speak about them. But both of them were wonderful in, in different ways. The, uh, the first one was, I had two incredible midwives support me and it uh, was a laboring all day didn't let anybody know because you know I just couldn't really trust that this was definitely going to happen Mm -hmm. um I'm also coming from a place where my mother had only been induced with all three of us 
and she'd gone I think 17 days over with my sister and I had a particularly bad experience there so I, I in my head had always thought I'm going to go you know so far over mm-hmm. the 41 42 weeks that I couldn't really believe it that yeah my body really was doing this but but it did and um I'd texted my midwife then sort of in the evening to say I've been having contractions for 12 hours now I, I do think this might actually happen tonight <laughs> and she was was lovely and encouraged me to get some rest and we uh, we watched the Love Island final Ooh. because I've been watching that quite religiously throughout <laughs> the previous month and we got to the final that night and and that's when Ruben was born the next day so it was really good timing um I find that I find that I really needed to walk actually I needed to move and so every time that I got a a surge or a contraction I had to get up from where I was and I developed a little route around my kitchen and I walked around my kitchen island and I knew that by the time I got back I would be okay again and I could you know breathe for another few minutes and then off I'd go again and I really got into that routine and then um, I'd sent I couldn't I couldn't make it up the stairs so I'd tried to stay down to sleep on the sofa and I'd sent James away because he was snoring and he was trying to be supportive sleeping <laughs> on the sofa beside me but that was a, so it wasn't going to work so <laughs> he'd been turned upstairs and then I and then I, I phoned him and a my waters have gone <laughs> you need to come and bring like bring me new trousers <laughs> and so that was that was quite a bit of excitement and then I phoned the midwife who who said do you need me to come now but I think it was because I couldn't, I was so like, well, I'm only phoning you because I think I need, I need you to come, to come now. Um, but yeah, I was definitely in that um, hypnobirthing zone of, I, I imagine being a lot quieter than what um, would typically be expected for someone to be in um, real established labour. They they arrived so quickly. She phoned one, she phoned the other, and the two of them turned up, you know, within half an hour. And I was in a place of I'm not really that sure I want a water birth. I don't like water. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a water baby. I'm not a big swimmer. I don't, I don't, if I dare whisper this, I don't even really like baths. And so I never really thought that I would want a water birth. Mm-hmm. But in, in the run up to the birth, I'd met all the midwives and they were in a place of, why don't you get a pool? Because you've got limited options. And I, I agreed with the logic. It made sense. Let's get a pool, try it out. And so I, um, they, James and one of the midwives filled up the pool. And I'd been, um, one of them, the other one had brought me the gas and air over. And I, I, I had a puff on it I suppose as the language would be and I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't get to grips with it it was absolutely not for me um it was the opposite everything you learn in hypnobirthing about breathing in mm. for four and breathing out for eight for example and yet gas and air seemed to be the other way that you needed to take a really big breath in and I I it was the opposite of everything that I trained my body for for the last three months and so that was a, a no-go for me um but they got the pool ready and I thought oh gosh I don't know if this is wise or not and I got in and I didn't have the 
people talk about having like an instant relief. I didn't have instant relief, but within say two contractions, I was there. I was totally there in that instant relief kind of place then. Um, and we'd got the hypnobirthing tracks playing. And at one point before I got into the pool, I said to the midwives, I feel like you're watching me. Mm-hmm. And they said, we're not watching you. We're definitely not watching you. But I felt that way. Yeah. And what they did, which was incredible, was they left me in the pool, James holding my hands, and they sat on my stairs outside of the room. And they only came into the room, you know, as and when they, they needed to do to do to listen into the heartbeat. And that couldn't have been any more perfect. It was exactly what I needed. I needed to feel like I wasn't being watched, yeah. like there were additional people in my house paying attention to me. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was great then. Ruben was Ruben was born very calmly. And the, the midwives afterwards said they were nodding off on the sitting on the stairs because the music was sending them to sleep. And that's exactly what it did to me. I was I was on all fours in the pool and I'd I'd listened to that music every night for three months. And I'd fallen asleep every night listening to it. And when it was played, I was falling asleep between every contraction just because that's that's what the music did to me. Brilliant. Incredible. Yeah. Well, I have to say, as hypnobirthing teacher myself, I mean, this is just sounds so perfect. You know, this is what what we this is what we aim for, you know. So that's amazing to hear that. Um, for your first baby too. So lovely. Second time around was a lot more intense. Oh. It wasn't quite so calm. It was much more of a, well, this is happening quicker than I than I expected. Mm-hmm. Not that it was, you know, super quick, but James just got the pool blown up and I got in and the midwives arrived with 20 minutes before wow. he was born so that that one was it was great but it was a, quite a bit more intense than, than the other one it was also in the middle of the day whilst um it happened whilst Ruben was napping and wow. after I, I picked up Oshin and was like where's Ruben oh he's still napping it was incredible <laughs> the timing the way it worked out isn't that, isn't that funny? Um, so no questions this time about whether to get in the water or not. Do you know that was right for you for, for birthing your babies? Absolutely. And now I'm in this really strange place of how do women give birth without being in the water? Because to me, that's like clearly now where I know that my body, it wants to be in the water to give birth. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine a, a dry land birth. Yeah. Say similarly I can't imagine how anybody lies on a bed to give birth because my body was I couldn't go that way I could Mm -hmm. only either stay standing or on all fours I so I can't I can't understand how how anybody manages to give birth on their back but of course you just have to listen to whatever way your your body takes you and mine has very clearly instructed me to stand (laughs) up or be on all fours and that's it I just have to follow whatever it does yeah yeah so was to say upwards forward and over yeah. exactly <laughs> which yeah it's very very popular and you know instinctive birth you know we do see that a lot as doulas you know just the movement and mums up on all fours leaning over the edge of the pool it's just so lovely yeah and there are some obviously do choose or, or can't for whatever reason birth in water as well which is yeah um, others are choice or whether they just don't make it in time or I mean I've been at home for home breasts and there's no way that pill is going to get filled no. <laughs> you're not filling the pill in time and really there just isn't enough 
water in the bottom of the pool to birth a baby in, you know, so it has to be on land. And yeah, they can still be lovely and, and gentle as well. Yeah. But I think I think if more pregnant women, pregnant people knew how comforting um water is and like it is the strength, I mean the strongest pain relief next to an epidural. And I don't think a lot of people actually realise that, that they would probably kick up a bit more stink and want it more, you know, that mm-hmm. one um, benefit from the water. And even you know, we've seen the videos of women just sitting in showers with the water pouring over them or just sitting with the shower head on their back or on their tummy, that lovely. I find that really, actually really good during Ruben's labour. I was surprised at the, at the impact of the shower on me when I was yeah. labouring. And again, like, I, I can't explain how much of a surprise it is to me and how much I loved having a water birth and how, how much of a, you know, how much I would support other women pushing for that if they're, if they're interested in it. Yeah, I think most people who are planning home birth and I do have the water because I know like with dealers of NI, we hire the pools out and we're flat out and I know other, um, yeah. you know, companies here and um, other dealers who loan out their pools are just like flat out as well, which is which is great to have that option, isn't it? So um, before we do sign off here, we've got a bit of time left. Do you want to tell us what your plans are for baby number three? Yeah, baby number three, per baby number three hasn't had enough attention. <laughs> just just yet but there's you know just under three months to go and so I'm, I'm 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 starting to pay a bit more attention to it so um two things one is this time I am considering having a birth photographer lovely it's one thing that I it's not a regret for example but it's it's like a if I look back and think about what I would have changed having better photos I think would be great um the midwife who was there uh, for Oshin's birth uh, took a video rather than photos so that we were posing for photos and actually then it turned out to be a video and after after that I thought oh if I have another another one might need to get a photographer so that there's somebody yeah. actually in charge of doing that so that's what I'm, I'm looking into at the minute as to um, getting getting one booked and we'll see see how that goes because it you know it conflicts with my um, desire not to be watched and not to be looked at so that's yeah. that's the thing that I'm that I'm weighing up but I'm sure anybody that I would uh, engage as a birth photographer would be well aware of needing to stay in the background etc yeah they usually are very discreet probably even know that they're there half the time yeah and they're and then the the second thing is which hypnobirthing course to do so mm-hmm. first time around i did the catherine graves method which i i loved and um, read her book listened to her tracks i i, I was fully endorsing endorsing that method Second time round, I decided to try out the Positive Birth Companies mm-hmm. course because it is so popular and I thought I see people doing this all the time and I'd love to be able to recommend it to people because it is such an accessible and affordable method compared to one of the more like traditional mm-hmm. um, teachers and groups, I suppose. And so I tried that out and third time round I um I had intended on I had intended on doing the birth ed yes I've seen that. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so I, I've seen that a lot and I've seen good reviews around it mm-hmm. and I've ended up falling into 
doing a it looks like a bit more of a bespoke one um mm -hmm. from the woman's witch i wonder if yeah. you've come across her so yeah. she's often in sam yeah. sam home birth jenny jenny wren isn't it jenny wren yeah so mm -hmm. i've um i think i'm so i started started doing her course but i say i started doing it i downloaded it and my plan is to, to do <laughs> um i think because during my second return to leave it was also covid times etc and i got really into gardening and the earth and the cycles of the cycles of the world and the woman cycles and learning much more around menarche so the first like your first period to menopause and the yeah. journeys that women go on and yeah following jenny wren she's really got me hooked on thinking mm -hmm. about all that stuff so i'm going to give her course a go oh that's amazing yeah that's great and it's brilliant you know that there's so much choice out there as well there. yeah and again another thing from COVID. you know we never before would have even sat here and recorded this in zoom we would have had to arrange childcare to meet up and do this and same with the hypnobirth it just makes everything so much more accessible yeah yeah well you know and um, if you ever want even just a wee refresher you know you've got me at hand as well i can always choose what you want <laughs> all these choices everywhere you go <laughs> so here that is just um amazing so exciting as well it's putting a different little twist to each each birth and experience that's so lovely trying and also because so i get asked i get asked a lot for recommendations mm -hmm. and i like to be in a place of being able to say well that I, you know, I can stand behind something yeah. rather than just saying, you know, this is good or I hear this is good. It's better, I think, to have that personal experience. And so that's why I'm looking to expand. The other, the other thing is um, the, the Daisy classes. So Jess's yeah. classes that she runs in, in Bellamina, been, they've been great support to me during um, actually having having the babies and going to the baby classes and so I'm looking forward to doing her in-person preparation classes this time around too yeah absolutely so even though you've got your full-time job with two children and another even in the way yeah uh, I know you're quite involved with maternity matters which is the service users um group from the northern trust and you give loads of recommendations and chat to loads of women who are planning on home birth and want to hear um yeah. what the crack is basically um and i am just so delighted you've come on today um and done this wee podcast with me because i know there'll be loads of no yes it's just so lovely to have you um and genuine stories birthing stories of here in northern ireland which is brilliant um but maybe after this wee one comes along maybe in the autumn time you can come maybe we'll have you on again to tell you you can tell everybody about your third birthing experience definitely no i'm um i'm always as you can tell more than happy to talk to anybody <laughs> who wants to talk about home births or water births or hypnobirthing or having to face a difficult decision themselves about whatever yeah. they're being faced in terms of you know they've got different decisions to make so yeah brilliant so just keep 
yeah, just keep spreading that news. And like, I really consider you anyway, like a wee bit of a doula anyway. You know, you did the course and what you're doing is educating people and, you know, increasing their knowledge without putting your personal opinions on them. So that's just amazing. You know, you're sharing your experience. So I just want to thank you so much, Claire, for coming on um, on this episode and for sharing like that your intimate, you know, your own precious birth and experiences and enlightening all our lovely listeners as well. So thank you until later on in the year. Yeah, great. So I hope you all enjoyed that chat as much as I did. And if you want to read more about Claire's personal birth and experiences, she has a blog. Uh, so if you search birthinglikeagoddess.home.blog, you can read more about her, her birth. So I just want to finish up by thanking you listeners for tuning in today. And please feel free to recommend this podcast to any of your pregnant friends and family members or anyone who's interested in birth, babies, pregnancy and doulas here in Northern Ireland. And why not subscribe so not to miss out on any future episodes because it's absolutely free. So should you want to get in touch with me or find out more um, about what I'm doing, my website is motherdoula.com or you can find me on doulasni.co.uk or there's Facebook and Instagram as well. You'll find me there as Anne Hypnodoula, doulasni, doula and glover, hypnobirth and glover. You're bound to find me there. So that's all for today and thanks again and see you next time. Thank you.